Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Real Matters of the Heart, where we say life is all about chances, and you can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. My name is Joy. I'm your host, and I have a special guest, as I always do have a special guest, because like I always say, I have dope people in my life. And so without further ado, I want to introduce to you none other than Miss Love. How are you? I am fabulous. You know yourself? <laughs> I'm, I'm all right. I'm all right. I think that's the first time somebody asked me how I'm doing on my show. <laughs> I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And so your name is Love. Yes. I have a tattoo that says Love. Yes. What other things should we talk about today? I think love. I think love. I think love. And so I want to start with, we're going to just dive right in because as usual, before we record, um, we talk a little bit. So y'all are always coming in on like midway through the conversation. But anyway, um, what the question that I posed that I would like for you all to think about as we're even as we're talking about it is what does love mean? What is love? I want us to examine that question, I think, well, we don't have a choice. When we, because it's such a, it's such a large thing that covers us all, that fills us all, that lifts us all, that pushes us all. Because of that, I think we don't have a choice but to really dive deep. But I, I want to start with just kind of what comes to mind initially when you think of the word love, the concept of love. What does it mean? I think, um, one, that question of what is love is the best starting place. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's not all about necessarily what we know, but the questions we ask. Mm-hmm. And to think of love as this big mega thing also represents the small things. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that the energy of love is one that's never created. You can't destroy it. It's only something we can experience. Mm-hmm. And so just mm-hmm. to feel, like when you say love, mm-hmm. mm, I mean, there's this energy of sun rays mm-hmm. that kind of wash over me. It allows me in particular to mm-hmm. feel like I can begin again mm-hmm. because everything, whether conscious or unconscious, defaults back to love. It's, it's a foundation. It's a starting point. We always experience it. But trying to articulate, this is where right. we get into conflict. Right. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. So you've said love is energy. You've said love is an experience. You've said love, which I think is my favorite part of what you said, is the foundation. And when you think of the foundation, you think of like the foundation of what? But it's like, it is just the foundation of whatever is on the other side. Mm-hmm. Or whatever is going to be built up. Love is just, or at least should be the foundation. I really appreciate that perspective because it is incredibly difficult to articulate. Whenever I have pondered this question, because it shows up in so many different kinds of ways and there are so many different contexts, when I think of love, I think of like in the ways that I communicate it. Um, How does love show up in the way that I live my life? What I know about love, even if I can't define it, is that It is a decision. It is a choice that you make to operate in love at all times. And I feel like whenever you make that choice, whenever you make that decision, whatever you experience as a result of that, that is love. That is how you define love. So if it's in how you treat other people, if it's in 
how you do the work that you do, if it's in how you care for yourself, however you choose to demonstrate love, whatever, whenever you make a decision to act or respond or, you know, speak or whatever from a place of love, whatever you experience as a result of that is how you define it. And so it's ever changing. It's ever evolving. It's, it is all encompassing and it just, it has no shape or form. It just is. And I like how you say we can't create it or destroy it. It's, it's interesting. It's almost ironic how we experience it, but at the same time, it's very elusive. Yes. Like I can experience love and feel loved and feel like I'm showing love and feel like I love this thing or this person or this place or this time in my life. And at the same time as I'm defining what I'm experiencing as love, still feel like the love that I seek is kind of getting away. Like I'm still striving. I'm still, I don't know. It's I don't like, know. It's like you can't capture it. Right. It's like trying to capture the soap. Right. <laughs> if it's extremely right, right. Least, it, it's it's one of those things. And that's why I think the conversation of love is so complex mm -hmm. because we all agree that I never feel like I have it. Like right. this mind is bottled up. I can just, there's time when you just feel overwhelmed with it, where it's just overflowing out of the mm -hmm. cup. Like, wow, mm -hmm. I found it. Right. Right. And then there's sometimes you're like, there is no way <laughs> <laughs> that yes. I am not, I just was feeling this yesterday. Right. Oh, right. What happened? You, you said, then we start going outside of ourselves. Well, oh. you, 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 I, and, and I think, no matter where your starting point is, we cannot get away from right. our conditionings of what we thought love was, which goes to our belief system. Yeah. So if it's for love to feel hurtful or painful or something that we don't really want to experience and we tend to reject, we automatically uh, associate that with, that's not love. Right. That's the kind of we talked about of the good and the bad. Right. Where we really, I think... We have to unlearn a lot of the crap that we've been taught <laughs> and really start to really stop trying to fix ourselves and just begin to really see ourselves. And, and, and I think that energy of love is accepting that dark and that light, that, that pure balance. I think we talked earlier of, of extremes. Mm -hmm. Either I have to show up as Carlton. Right. <laughs> right. Or you think I'm showing up as... Your idea of Tupac. Right. Tupac actually represents right. some energy. Girl, <laughs> shout out. Hey, today is the 20 year anniversary of Tupac's death. Oh. 20 years. And I just did this whole long, extra out, drawn out, like Tupac post on Instagram because, oh my God. But that's how I really feel about Tupac as a man, even though I didn't know him personally. I know what he chose to share with us. And one of the things that always fascinates me about him as an artist, particularly in the times that he was, you know, big in the early 90s when there was just a lot happening in the world socially, um, culturally, hip-hop and where it was during that time, just all of the things that kind of converge in the moment of, like, Tupac's kind of pinnacle of who he was as an artist and as a man and however just so much and I just always appreciate I'm always fascinated with how he was able to be a manifestation of all of that in one thing mm -hmm. like 
Brenda's got a baby and the story about this girl who was being molested and taken advantage of and this baby and what am I going to do and everything that comes with that decision and the shame of that situation and how culture and society deal with it and how does she go pregnant and nobody ever noticed in her family and everything that that story was and you're like oh and that's a real thing like Brenda is a person she's really there yeah, that really happened somebody really threw the baby in the dumpster all of that was real and then hit him up and all of that was real because that's why I f <laughs> fucked your bitch okay because how did you open a song like that after Brenda's got a baby and I believe I feel both of those I it's like in such a real way and how many people can do that? How many people can Brenda's got a baby and oh my God, I'm in tears because Tupac, how you write this song? To I will kill all of y'all. Yes. And I really feel like you absolutely might do that and not care mm -hmm. and go right to jail and be cool with all of that. Be cool with all of that. All of that. And, and represent and be, in such a way that you're like... And it's really... And I feel like that's such a great depiction of what love is because we don't get to dress it in a cloak that's comfortable for what we want to consume or understand it to be like we get to experience every facet of life and understand that it's all amassed in love even those unfavorable things that feel like you can't possibly love me if this is how you're behaving and here's the thing ooh. I just thought about this because as I'm saying that, I feel like, ooh, I don't want to encourage somebody to be like, well, he does love me even though he's beating me or whatever. So like, that's not what I'm encouraging. But for the sake of not contradicting myself, understanding that in that moment of knowing that an abusive situation, whether it be emotionally, psychologically, physically, sexually, whatever, in, 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 a, in a situation where you perceive yourself to be abused, even if you you see that this other person is perhaps not displaying behavior that you would identify as loving, mm -hmm. you still get to choose love. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, the part where we get like, what? Because when I'm telling you as the person who is being abused, as the victim in that situation, you get to choose love. And in me saying choose love, I'm not saying choose to stay in the abusive situation, which is, I think, where when we try to define love and in, when we talk about all the conditioning of what we think love looks like and how it shows up and all of that, we begin to get confused. Like, oh, you're saying I'm supposed to choose love and, you know, and love it forgives and love is patient and whatever else we're saying about what it means and it gets tricky because I don't want people to think that I'm like well the bible but like I get all of those things but like when do we start to say perhaps you do love me and you have a very unfortunate way of displaying that love that feels like pain hurt to me when do we get to say, I'm going to love you with a godly, covering, forgiveness, patient, kind, whatever, love from a distance and save and spare and protect my being, my emotional being, my physical being, my sexual being, my mental being, myself. And that doesn't mean that I hate you. Yes. I love you, but not in the context of allowing you to keep doing what I perceive to be abuse. Because here's the other part. From the outsider looking in into an abusive, what we would define as an abusive relationship, 
Some people don't view it as that. So another part of love is respecting people's perspective. And like, I look at you and go, you need to get out of this. He need your ass or whatever's going on. No. And you're like, but I love him. And then I'm going, well, you're stupid. Well, no, I don't get to do that. Because at that point, if we're talking about love being you choose love and then whatever you experience as a result of choosing love is your definition of love and that's what you choose at that moment, I don't get to invalidate that according to my perception of what love is, according to how I would like to experience love, according to what somebody told me love looks like. Any of those things, I don't get to tell you, you stupid. <laughs> like You know what I mean? Like... Dang, and so like that's where I think it can get tricky. Like, okay, damn that that's a that's a rough one. <laughs> I think I, I, I just I, confused myself <laughs> <laughs> because that part right there is is real. I think especially when you deal with a particular dogma mm-hmm. or a certain doctrine mm-hmm. that teaches you to kind of just suppress your feelings or. Hey, what you're feeling is not valid. You just give it to God and it's going to be all right. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I think, I, I think honestly, it, I think one of the most powerful things that is happening, particularly in this day and time, is we're bringing back the power of choice. Like you said, there's something about this intuition, mm-hmm. which I like to call divine love. Mm-hmm. Having community. Mm-hmm. We get to reach out, touch connect, share, mm-hmm. converse, have bigger think tanks than those that existed a hundred years ago. Right. This is an right. inclusive community. Mm-hmm. And so just by us having this conversation, I think there's this, we're, we're coexisting. Mm-hmm. You know, there's this, there's this give and take, you know, give, receive that's happening. So mm-hmm. just us having this particular conversation, just by creating a bigger community mm-hmm. where you can talk about it, there's this beautiful divine love that kind of sparks. It kind of gives you an aha. Mm-hmm. And when you, we can start to get healthier about our life structures. Mm-hmm. And so we get to kind of like examine our love every day. Oh, every absolutely. Single and, every, like, and every yeah. choice that we make. And that's what yes. I'm going back to. Like, if love is a decision, if everything that you choose to do, you're choosing from a place of love. I'm mm-hmm. eating this because I love myself. I'm spending this time with this person because I love them. I'm whatever that is. If you're making these choices, whether consciously or unconsciously from a place of love, though, just choosing to exist and abide in that energy and in that frequency, then all of these things do inform how you continue to show up, how you continue to emit love into the universe, into the atmosphere, into wherever you are, wherever space you enter into is like you are literally like giving off. This love, it's radiating from you, similar to what you said, kind of like a sun ray, like a sunbeam type of thing, because that's just, it just is. And it does show up in how you choose everything. 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 But the part about it is sometimes when people don't perceive it as love, or they don't respond according to what we think is the proper response to our love, then it starts to make us question ourselves and the way we show love and I ain't about to do this because you're not about to play me so then we start to allow other people's however they show up to kind of dictate our definition our demonstration 
of what love is, looks like, feels like. We talk about love in the English language and we have one word. And it's, you know, I love the pizza and I love this movie and I love this sweatshirt and I love my husband and all of them. Obviously, you know, in the context of whatever you're saying, what you mean, and you're not saying, you know, therefore pizza and husband are equal, although in maybe someone's life they are and (laughs) shout out to you. But like, (laughs) but what I'm saying is we understand that contextually speaking, there's a different kind of love that you feel. And I think when people become parents, especially, they I always see them describe this thing as like, I never knew I could love this way. And it's like a new manifestation of this experience of however they define love based on past reference points of whatever other experiences they created that emitted love for them, right? So we have the context of whatever other thing we're talking about in our English language. But when you think of other languages, like I'm learning French right now and there's like a million words for the same word. And I'm like, listen, uh, why? How do I know which one to use? You know, I, anyway, so that's annoying. But I think about particularly like the Greek. In Greek, there's like, I think, five different words for love and they, they all have different um, contexts. You know, there's like a the mother and their child or there's you know friendship or there's you know brotherly love or there's you know like the romantic kind of erotic love and there's all these different kinds of ways and whenever you're using a particular word to describe that scenario the dynamic you choose the appropriate word which when you're communicating just culturally when you have a plethora of ways because we just sat here and said love is so infinite So when you have a plethora of ways to express that love such that you're really trying to authentically communicate that to another person and you have options for which kind of word you are intending to use, that can like give you an access to another kind of power when it it comes to um, relating to other people. And so I bring it back to the point of saying when I choose love and I show up in this way and this is my version of it and then you receive it in whatever way and you respond to me and then I'm like, well, wait a minute. Yeah. That ain't what I thought it was supposed to look like, feel like. What is happening? Yeah. And we have this kind of disconnect, right? Um, largely, that could be a culture thing where I'm not really... We're missing each other at some point. So then you start to talk about like love languages and how are you perceiving what I'm doing and what does that mean to you? And then you respond to me and then I'm perceiving that a different way because (laughs) what? And uh, what just happened? And everybody's confused and everybody's feelings are hurt and now love hurts and love is stupid Mm -hmm. and fuck love. And then, and it's like, what? Wait, wait, everybody start over, start over, start from scratch. Like what happened? I, I, it's 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 beautiful because you talk about learning the context, right? And learning language. I, I think we've only learned how to love for most of us one way. But when you talk about you learning French, by the way, mm-hmm. you got to teach me some. <laughs> Such a romantic, that sexy is language that I can't speak. But when you talk about learning a different language, the key. And I think what we've gotten away from in terms of learning, education. Mm-hmm. We're not going to know it all as right. soon as we ask. Right. But love is always here. Mm-hmm. To have the power to choose, to I've heard it, 
Now let me slowly start to educate myself, mm -hmm. one, on me. Mm -hmm. Self-love. Until you can understand yourself, you don't know what love is. Because really the only love we're giving to others is the love we're giving to ourselves. It really doesn't exist no more out of so-called Because you can't give what you don't and have. There you go. Mm -hmm. And so when you, when you start to wonder what your private thoughts are, look at your life. Because it will show up every single day listen. in parts. Hey, all right, now, <laughs> listen. Let me tell you something. And I want to make something very clear because this conversation, you just said a whole bunch of things. I want to clarify some things in the context of when I say self-love. Now, I don't know what whoever said <laughs> But today, when Joy says self-love, what I mean about that is I think that we, again, going back to this definition of love being all perfect, all feeling good all the time, and love is only the good things, and when the bad things happen, that can't possibly be love, and what do you mean? Okay, so going back to that understanding that love encompasses the good and the bad, whatever you interpret as good or bad, because those are also very relative, subjective words, and so I want to tread lightly even with that. So whatever you interpret as good and bad, understand that love encompasses all of that. And that also means that whenever you discover things about yourself that you are uncomfortable with, that you would like to change or wish never happened or wish you never chose or whatever it may be, loving yourself does not mean the disappearing or changing of those things. Loving yourself means choosing to accept those and however you feel about those and still choosing love, right? And so I think that we like to wait until when I lose the weight, I'm going to be, or when I find the relationship, I'm going to be, or whatever these external circumstances that we equate to being manifestations of love in our lives understanding that we can only create those having accepted what is what is now yes when i'm saying i love myself it's not because that means i'm saying i love myself and everything about me is perfect and i wouldn't change a thing and everything is the bomb and i ain't never had a bad experience no i'm yes. saying not even in spite of those things because of those things yes. because of those things yes. even as i interpret them as unfortunate or whatever I still choose to love me. And I think that's the part that when you can say, mm, that ain't right, but I'm still choosing to respond in love. And that's what I mean when I say love covers all of it. Because we, we a lot of times we interpret the ending of a relationship as a bad thing. And then we call it heartbroken, which is associated with lack of love. And then we don't understand that love is even present in separation. So can I just do a language check right here real quick? Because I'm just, as I'm thinking about it, and this is something that came up for me. Y'all are going to see it floating around soon. You don't break up. You complete your assignment in each other's lives. Bringing that fire to the street. <laughs> so, that so fire. yeah, so we, I don't say like, oh, we broke up. No, I say we completed our assignment in each other's lives. Because when we part ways and go and do whatever, neither one of us is broken. I'm not broken up. You're not broken up. We did not break up. Yes. We were sent to each other for a season to complete an assignment for you to learn something about you, for me to learn something about me, for us to learn something about the world collectively. We did that for each other according to what was assigned to us, and now we're moving on. Yes. So if anything, I'm probably more fixed, quote unquote, than I am broken. 
Because there's something that I understand about me and about the world now that I didn't prior to meeting you. If I'm present and doing the work that I'm supposed to do in the relationship. So if we can lang- if we can turn the language around to think about that, then it'll be easier to see the love in that. Yeah. As opposed to thinking of it as being broken up and being heartbroken and everything, all of the pain that comes from separating from a per- or whatever yeah. comes with all of that stuff, right? Yes. I, I think you you blew up the spot. <laughs> just, Kaboom! Okay, just drone this situation. Yeah. <laughs> when you said the season, mm-hmm. I, I think... Can you say that eight years ago you felt like this? Hell no. <laughs> I can definitely say eight years Hell ago no. I did not feel like this. And I think it's a prime example of what is love. Right. Boom, everything you said. Right. You're tuning yourself to you to know that this relationship is meant more to me mm-hmm. than either I or you will ever understand. Right. It's that learning. It's doing the work. How does that show up for me what is doing the work for me personally I realized after been kind of taking this journey about eight or nine years ago that it's very important for me that there's two things that I've learned doing my prayer and my meditations in the morning Mm -hmm. I've gotten consistent because I've now finally taken the time to learn a different language Mm -hmm. when we talk about love learning a different language of love means learning a different language of me Mm-hmm. learning my language how mm-hmm. I communicate to myself I realize that this gives me that aha like moments I have a day that may something that I've termed it the worst day ever mm-hmm. but there may be something silver lining in that it's like wow I can remember a time that I would have reacted to mm-hmm. this now I've learned to respond totally different <laughs> please so, and I and this is actually that's actually the third time this week, and it's only Tuesday, that that whole differentiation between react and respond has come up in conversation. And I don't know if that's because like red alert, joy, get your life, and like learn it. Because in my mind, I already knew it, but maybe I'm not living like I know it. And so maybe God is like, I'm gonna keep sending people to say that to you until you get it together. But um, I would like for you to just. Go into what that means for you in terms of the difference between reacting and responding. I think uh, I'm an ex-athlete basketball player. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned to relate to life as a student athlete. Yeah, that's, that's legit. <laughs> so, so that's, I'm, I'm with it. Kind of giving it. So I, I like to keep things simple. When I think of reacting, it's almost like things that may appear to show up may seem, meaning what I see, as a situation that has no cure, a situation that has no solutions. It's only problems, only problems. Mm-hmm. In my reactive state, I just jump into what can I do? Where I've kind of polished that understanding of learning to respond of there's things that are showing up that appears to be overwhelming. There's no way I can handle this. The ability to respond is I know that right on the other side of fear there's faith. Mm-hmm. I know that every single thing is working together for my good. Mm-hmm. I know that life is for me and never against me. How important it is for me to show up and be open to receive and receptive to what it is that the universe is trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. Kind of like getting out of my way. Now that sounds like a lot, but in that state when things happen, that fire alert, the re- ability to respond is like the house is on fire, but I'm cool because I'm wet. 
Okay. Being in that okay. safe space. Okay, okay. That's well, all right. <laughs> I don't know if my house was on fire. I don't know. I could be in the swimming pool. I still probably be like, I don't gotta go. <laughs> but, but like that's even as you're talking, what I what I'm hearing, when I'm thinking of my own interpretation of the difference between reaction and response is that I think of reaction like, you know, you go to the doctor and they hit your knee and they're they're checking your reflexes to see like is that leg gonna pop out? And if you working right, it's gonna pop out. And I think that's a reaction. It's kinda involuntary. It's just it's it's just what happens as a result of the stimulus. Versus a response meaning like now I'm playing kickball and the ball is rolling towards me and I'm making a conscious decision to do that same kind of kicking action, but now it's me consciously making a decision, understanding that I'm looking for an intentional outcome, right? And so I think the difference for me, just in differentiating in terms of like how we handle situations as life comes at us and we are responding or reacting to a stimulus, the difference between responding and reacting is that a response is something that has considered the consequence, that has considered the other side of this action, that has made a conscious decision to do something intentionally versus a reaction is just like whatever the stimulus caused you to do without you ever considering the consequence of that. And and the thing about it is both of those scenarios, I'm, I am, um, I, my action is being kind of stimulated by an external thing, whether it be that the doctor hit me or that I'm seeing the ball rolling towards me, whatever. There's, there's always an external thing that is kind of giving me a set of options. But the response is the one where I create an intention in my mind and then I do my action based on whatever my intention is. And that's a large large part of what's missing when we're talking about love. Because if we go back to what I said earlier and that it is a choice, then you make a choice according to whatever you intend to experience in that relationship or situation or scenario or season of your life or whatever that is. And so I'll I'll give you an example. I was talking to a client of mine and we were talking about her dating situation and she had said something to me along the lines of like, you know, she feels like it's falling off and she doesn't really know and all these different things and kind of whatever was going on with their relationship. And what I suggested to her, I said, if you know that you intend to have a love relationship that lasts we talk about marriage and we, you know, till death do us part and we talk about these long-term relationships. I said, if you know that you intend to have that with someone, maybe not this guy particularly, but with someone, do you expect that you're going to create this life and live all of these years with someone who's never going to hurt your feelings, who's never going to disappoint you, who's never going to need a break from you, <laughs> or whom you're never going to disappoint? Whose feelings you're never going to hurt. Mm-hmm. Who you're never going to need a break from. Do you intend to spend the rest of your life with somebody and you really think you're going to find somebody that you just always want to be under all the time. Who's never going to hurt your feelings. Who's never going to tell you a lie. Who's never going to get on your nerves. Who's never going to disappoint you. Who's just going to get it right every single time. And you think you're going to get it right for them. Whatever right quote unquote means. You think that? <laughs> and so if, if we think and we begin to move in our love relationships. Dating particularly. When we're talking about romantic relationships or marriage or whatever the context is. If we begin to move in those spaces according to a love that understands that I need a reserve, I need a little bit of move wiggle room Mm -hmm. to mess up (laughs) 
without you thinking that this mess up means I don't care about you. I don't love you. I don't respect you. I'm being disloyal or I'm slipping away. I don't care anymore. You're losing me. Like, stop. (laughs) Stop. Because if we're really going to do this forever and you intend to find somebody that you're going to do forever with, like, you got to be cool with they going to wreck shop sometimes. And every time they do, you don't get to be like, it's because you don't love me. Like, that's not true. And we're going back to this concept of love encompassing the good and the bad. Because you're going to experience that disappointment, that hurt, that lie, that whatever that is. You're going to experience that as a negative experience. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be unfortunate. It's going to be all of the things that you don't want. But it doesn't mean it's also not love. Mm-hmm. Hmm. If, one, that's conditioning. Now, where did you get mm-hmm. this image of somebody's just going to be perfect? This is what And that's what I'm saying. Your Disney movies. Oh. <laughs> your Disney movies. Do you really think you're going to get in a situation? And I think we talk about self-love and what that means of is how how, how you show up every day. Right. Meaning, forget about them, okay? Being and paying attention to ourselves, that's all emotions that we're experiencing. Up and down, the balance, the hormones, life. All of that is really happening here. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, generally, we're blessed to be in a relationship. We're constantly projecting what's happening internal with us mm-hmm. to them. This whole idea of perfection, one, that's no, that's a whole nother, like, segment. This whole idea of perfection is, is, it's damaging. It, 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 it hurts us. You get to get still and get comfortable with what you have, who you are, where you are, what you know, and then mold that. Mm-hmm. Work with that. Mm. But be cool with that. Even as you are working on it, molding it, shaping it, changing it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Be cool with it. Mm-hmm. Stop trying to find and be something that was never intended for you to find or be. Yes. Yeah. And I... <laughs> the molding. When, when, I, when you say molding, that, that's every day I am different. That's every day I am not what I was yesterday. <laughs> That's every day I am different this now in this moment, this minute than I was an hour ago. I get to say, I I just said the other day, just because I have been doesn't mean I have to be. Yes. Yes. Just just because I have been that doesn't mean that I have to still be that. I get to evolve. I get to change. I get to grow. I get to learn something from who I have been and where I have been so that I can decide if that still serves me, if I'm still choosing to be in that place, if I'm still choosing to create that experience. I get to decide that and you get to be okay with it. Like you will deal. Yes. Or you will get on. Yes. Or I will get on. Or you can stay. Yeah, and, and I will I'll get leave. on. Yes. Like, however this is going, what won't happen, though, is that your opinion of how I should be and how I should show up will not uh, impede my growth. Mm-hmm. It will not make me feel shamed of my growth. It will not make me feel guilty of my growth. Mm, no, because I'm not here to make you comfortable. Yes. It's I, not my <laughs> life's purpose. It's not to make you comfortable. When you talk about comfort I one going back to the relationship it's mm-hmm. connected to being comfortable I have been in a new relationship I mean like well I, I say it new because it's it's for me the first time that I'm in relationship with myself mm-hmm. yes I'm in the relationship with this person mm-hmm. but for the first time I'm actually able to feel the genuine depth of 
You get on my nerves. I love you. Mm-hmm. I love you. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sunday mimosas. I love you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, all of these things, but it's like, you talked about, is there going to be someone where you think they're going to be perfect, blah, 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 blah. It wasn't until you said acceptance. Mm-hmm. I accept my, I'm beginning to learn how to accept myself mm-hmm. more mm-hmm. and more and more. And, and in turn, it's been the best relationship I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. But really, I'm in the best relationship I've ever been in with myself. Mm-hmm. So, what's going on in my private thoughts, it's showing up as my world. And you get to share that you now with somebody. get to share that with that one. And when you're ready, when the person's ready, mm-hmm. it will show up. Mm-hmm. And it may have knocked on your door for 10 years, mm-hmm. but that 10th year, you're now able to hear it. And you, and you see it as what you've been looking for. It's your responsibility mm-hmm. to take notice, mm-hmm. to learn the language mm-hmm. of you, which can be conceived as possibly language of love. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the question mark. It, is that love? I don't know. Keep showing up every day. You keep showing up, and when and that and I think that's the part that complicates it when we're talking about love and with regard to it um, involving another person mm-hmm. is like now. Remember, a friend of mine shared a story with me, and he said, "Oh, I was taking my wife out for Mother's Day, and uh, he said that at the end of the day, she kind of." didn't really seem like she didn't have a good time or he kind of felt like she he thought she would be a little bit more enthusiastic and excited oh i have a wonderful day and he was kind of like is everything okay like you know did you not enjoy yourself and she's kind of like well i just kind of wanted to you know cook for you guys and just you know do that and he thought well i thought i was giving you a day off right because his interpretation of her cooking for them was she's working hard and slaving in the stove in the (laughs) kitchen and we want to give her a quote unquote a day off from this and she's going no that's how I show my love for you and so I feel like on the day that I want to show my love for you the most and my appreciation for you the most you took away the thing that allows me to do that it was like oh whoops whoops that's not what I meant to do (laughs) right and and that's one of those things of like your love language and how you communicate love, how you perceive love and all of that. And it was just went right over his head. Of course, his intention in planning this whole day and getting the family together and doing all these things that was like, I'm going to you know, make this great day for her. And then <laughs> she was like, no. <laughs> and And the thing is, she knew enough to say, I appreciate that. And I had a wonderful time because because I love you all and being with you all, but like the one thing that I would have loved to do the most, which is my expression of my love for you, you took that away from me. Mm-hmm. And that was it. And it was just a, no, an opportunity for him to know moving forward, your interpretation of what is a hard day's work of whatever, whatever for you mm-hmm. is the way that she lives in love. And you get to honor her by a, and honor that by allowing her to show up in that way. And that's it. And I feel like that's like the simplest way you can kind of paint a picture of what it means to love someone and love yourself. Because the expectation is now on the other flip side of that is she knows what he wants. 
because if if I equate this as a demonstration of love and I'm going to do all these things, it's because that is how I perceive love. So when it's my turn and it's Father's Day, I'm going to need this day out. I'm going to need this lunch and this massage and this all of this stuff because that's the way I interpret and perceive love. And so even though you don't and you would have rather stay at home and cook, know that when it's Father's Day, ain't nobody staying at home and cooking. We out. And that was an opportunity for two people who've been married for quite a long time, actually, to know each other a little bit better in that way without feeling any kind of way about themselves, right? And without, I'm a failure, I ruined the day, without any of those things. Oh, okay, next time, I got you. And I'm cool. I still love me, I still love you, we still love us, we good. You're good. And and I think we don't always feel like we have that freedom when it comes to being in relationship to other people because we can only think from our own minds and our own set of experiences. And um, I remember in 2013, I made a conscious decision. Like, people make resolutions and, eh, okay. But my 2013, <laughs> you know, my 2013... Um, kind of goal for myself moving forward was I want to practice not imposing and projecting myself onto other people. And that is so hard because you don't realize how often you do it. Like in the simplest of things, the simplest of things is like, hmm. And I, the example I give all the time is one, one time it really showed up for me. I was in the, you know, I, I'm still doing this work, which is why I don't like to call it resolutions because I feel like resolutions is like 2013 and okay, that's done. Yes, and now it's 2014 is. and I'm not yes. working on that anymore. And it's like, no, but I still am. And it's 2016. It's about to be 2017. <laughs> and I still am. So, but I remember this, I was heavily on it and it was really at the forefront of my mind and my consciousness. I had chosen to do it that year. And I remember I was seeing this guy and he was telling me he was at work and he was going to go home and take a nap and then he was going to go back and work out and where he worked was at a gym. So he was going to go back to the gym and work out. Then he was going to go and run some errands and then he was going to go back home for the night. And I just thought, so you going to leave where you are to go across town and take a nap, <laughs> to go back to where you started from to work out, to go back across town where you live to more some more errands, to then go home and... And I just felt like, ooh, in 2013, I don't know them gas prices was doing something stupid. And I was just like, that don't make sense to me. So I'm like, okay. So I, I casually, in my mind, I just went, why don't you just work out now before you take a nap? Because you're already there. And in my mind, that makes sense. Because you drive a truck and gas is expensive. And why would you drive back and forth across town? And, why, you know, this is my mind. And his response to me was, I don't want to do that. And I remember, like, in my mind, it just felt like, you know, when you're at the arcade and you just hear, like, ding, 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 like, stuff is going. I felt like in my mind in that moment, I was like, this is a moment. This is where you get to check yourself. This is where you don't get to project yourself on other people. And this is where you get to stop and let him do what he's going to do, even though in your mind, it don't make a lick of sense. You get to let him choose that, right? And I was, like, so excited about this moment of, like, being conscious of the fact that I was choosing to not project myself on this person. And he was like, I don't want to do that. And I was just like, okay. And I was like, yes, Joy, you did it. You stopped imposing yourself on other people. But it was like, what? And, but I did it. Uh-huh. What, why I was excited about it, it was because it still did not make sense to me. Uh-huh. But I still let him choose it. Mm-hmm. Like, as in the past, I would have been like, I need you to explain. Mm-hmm. 
Like, I need you to make this make sense to me so I can be cool with you doing this thing, which, which to me sounds really stupid. So, explain yourself. Justify yourself. Validate your decisions yes. to me in order for me to give you mental and emotional permission to do what it is you choose with your grown ass to do. Right? And I was like, no. Right? And so, I felt like, yes, I'm so excited to be thoroughly confused about why you're choosing this. It's still okay with the fact that you're choosing it and letting you do it and totally not being any kind of way about it and it was like but that was also the moment where I went wow it's so easy for us to see a person choosing a thing and be like no you're doing it wrong you're doing your whole life wrong nope no no this is how and this is the equivalent of like why don't you make a left you could have turned right there Mm -hmm. stop why didn't you go through that light you should get over like let me drive or or you drive or better yet get in your own car we can drive separate i'll meet you there i will meet you there because stop telling me how to get to where i know i'm going Mm -hmm. unless i ask you you shush (laughs) okay and like that is like when you in the car with somebody and you feel like they're going the wrong way you feel like you ain't just going the wrong way. I'm with you. We going the wrong way. So we really, you got to, hold on, make this left. Because, shit, make this left. And I don't know. I just wonder how, it's like, that is such a hard thing to do. You have to be very conscious. And that requires you to get out of your own head, step away from your own experiences, and allow somebody else's decisions to be informed by what they know and who they are. And you feel like, well, we've been together five years. Okay, but he was grown for 30 before you knew him. So he got 30 years of stuff. Speak that. That, you know, or whatever. So, you know, which one wins here? Your five or the 30? I'm going to go with the 30. I'm going to go with the 30. And that's just what it is. And that's really difficult for us to do. um, To, like, turn off our own chatterbox and be like, oh, maybe... Maybe you know something and I don't. How about that? Maybe you drove this way yesterday and you know there's construction that I don't know about. Mm-hmm. How about that? <laughs> Being able to participate in a relationship as one, as an individual. I think we become uh, interdependent in such a way that that person is really us. Like your mind. That's codependent. Yeah, codependent. Yeah. Interdependency is healthy. Codependency is next Codependency. Where <laughs> you are me. Now this person, you, you control me. Mm. You know, instead of participating and experiencing in this relationship, now this is a tool. It, it's it's something that you use to cope with every day, your everyday life. You become codependent on this person to, that you can tell them what to do or not tell them what to do or... Because sometimes in our life, other places, we're lacking or we're not showing up as we want to. So we show up in other places where we know we're good at. Mm -hmm. I'm good at being this. So make a left because that's what I want you to do. I like this control. Right. You know. Oh, so what you said when you said relationship, here's what I heard. We are in relationships, but oftentimes operating as though it's ownership. So I should be able to relate to you myself in relation to who you are versus trying to own. 
you, seeing the value in you and wanting to possess that as mine. Or wanting to claim that and wanting to almost like preserve that. Like, ooh, you're dope, right? Like, I see you and I like your style or you look good or we've had these conversations or whatever it is about you that makes me go, wow, I want that. But then I'm trying to, like, make you be that forever. All the time. All the, the time. Like, I want <laughs> that you... Whatever that is. And I think when we talk about going back to the conversation about long-term relationships and love in that way, that's the hard part. That evolution part. That growth change part where you're not showing up the way you did when I, quote-unquote, fell in love with you. And that's making me uncomfortable. So do it like this. Yes. Let me pull the reins, push the buttons, move the joystick, whatever, and do it like, do you do life like this to make me feel comfortable? What? No, that's not how it goes. So, and it kind of goes back again to this, this, this really strange conditioning of like, how, how we perceive love and what it looks like. Um, how we express it, how we experience it, how somebody else responds to it. If my ego is stroked when I am needed, if I have this, this complex, this ego thing where I need to be in that role, then I'm going to be attracted to people who need me in that way, who I perceive I can upgrade for lack of a better word in some capacity you know whatever that may be and so now because of the feeling if we're talking about love as a feeling the feeling that I get in this dynamic when I feel like I can upgrade you I can show you the world I can Aladdin style I can show you the world shining shimmering splendid right so if I feel like <laughs> I can do that, though, then that dynamic, I perceive that as love, right? And But what actually I need, which is very different from what I perceive to enjoy, but what I actually need in a partner is someone who can, in fact, push me and encourage me and do all these things to show up as my best self. But you can't, because I'm choosing somebody who for all intents and purposes, is more like a child than a partner. And eventually I perceive that love relationship as being non-reciprocal, as being, you know, unrequited, as being, you know, whatever I, after, after I get tired of showing you a whole new world, then now I'm over it. Because who going to show me? I feel like I'm pouring, 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 pouring into a partner that I've chosen who doesn't necessarily have much to pour back. Because mm-hmm. I've intentionally chosen somebody who's going to make me feel good about being able to upgrade them. Yes. And so eventually I've poured out and I'm empty. And now I'm looking at you like, eh. but I chose somebody who didn't have nothing to give me. Mm-hmm. I did that. <laughs> but it's because I've chosen and I've defined my love dynamic as that, not understanding that mm, you do love them. But not in a partner kind of love. Mm-hmm. 
in more like a mother child kind of love. But don't try to partner with somebody you trying to you're supposed to be discipling. So when I heard that, I was like, "Ooh, hello, self. Time to check in." And I had to get to that place of understanding because even in situations where I perceive this person to be an equal, I then start to create a dynamic where they need me in some kind of way. Because that's where I see the value in myself, which then gets to a point of like, hmm, well, if you don't feel like you're valuable in a relationship unless somebody needs you to perform a certain task, then you feel like as a person, you are valueless. So now let's talk about your confidence issue. So when you say things like, I'm really in this best relationship because I'm in relationship with myself, that's the kind of stuff. Because now I get to say, "Mm, I don't get to try to create within our relationship this dynamic where you need me in this way to stroke my ego. Because ultimately what I'm saying is, unless you need me for something, you won't want me for anything. Yes. Yes. (laughs) You said ego. Huge. Self-work. Creating and having this healthy ego will help us to navigate better. Mm -hmm. Most of us have a toxic ego. And when you can realize it, and you may not always realize it, but that moment you had in 2013 where, ah, this is an opportunity for me to learn. Oh, my God. That ego recognizes that, wow, that was was time. Yeah. That was healthy. Yeah. I'm able to appreciate here, create just a little bit more space, have a little compassion. Yeah. I realize I grew. Ego was open to that. It didn't pad you to say, no, no, no. I need to know. You need to help me and my ego understand why you need help to Help me it. make sense of why you're <laughs> exactly. doing something that don't make no sense. <laughs> exactly. Like, come on. <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's, it's, we talked about at the early, in the beginning of the conversation, when you talk about simple. I wish it was just a little bit easier to say, this is what you have to do to find it. Mm-hmm. But in its simplest measure is self. Right. It all falls back to love and that small education whether it's taking you 10 years like we talked about I'm a different person eight years than I was now mm-hmm. well I might I, well not might I've been growing since I've been born mm-hmm. but it wasn't until about eight or nine years ago I then began to wake up or open my eyes to just be conscious be to conscious it to be aware it. of it yeah that's when we talk about love never ending love never it creates I now I realize I can kind of touch this thing, this kind of mm-hmm. thing that we talk about being elusive. Of, mm-hmm. Wow, I'm able to experience this. Mm-hmm. And oh, damn, I'm One facet of it. Yes, one facet. At a time. It. At a time. Right? Moment moment. And like collect these experiences of love yes. and understanding that like that is also love and that is also yes. love and that is also love and that is also love, which is why it feels elusive because the more you begin to understand about it, the more you feel like there's so much more. And so like... As much as I have experienced love or interpreted my experiences as being loving, Mm -hmm. every time I see a new facet of it, it it makes me know that there's more that I haven't seen. So it's like this thing of like, I have it, but it's, it's, I don't. Like there's so much more of it that I don't have. Um, Gosh. And then, and then, well, but I hear myself even kind of contradict. I'm such a huge, I'm so huge on words. And I hear myself, even as I speak now, kind of contradicting something that I said earlier, which is the difference between relating and possessing or owning. The thing is, I don't get to have, quote unquote, love. I get to choose it and I get to experience it and I get to share it, but I don't get to have it. 
So maybe that's why it feels elusive because I'm trying to possess something that cannot be possessed. So that's why I feel like I don't have it because you can't have it. Acceptance. Jeez. <laughs> we, we don't. What about we, when you just have a whole life moment right on the podcast? Like, jeez, dude, what just happened there? That just was like a real life moment. Y'all just had a real life. That was like, that's like, that's like going in my journal moment right there. Because like, what? You don't get to have love. You just get to be it. Yes. Experience it. You get to be it. You get to experience it. You get to share it. But you don't get to own it. That's what makes us beautiful as human beings. And I think that's where we are the co-creators. Just this alone is, this is love. Right. This is going to leave me by five o'clock. Right. <laughs> right. But now I've collected, like you said, I've collected experience of different ways. And this hasn't always shown up as love to me. Just regular conversation. With right. 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 So when you talk about what you think you know and realizing there is so much, that's what makes me feel like, ah. Yeah. There is no finish line. There you is just, no finish line. Ta-da! You never arrive. At home, I say, and you, voila. When you write, <laughs> there voila. It is. voila. There it is. Come on, French. <laughs> Bring it on back. No, but you know, that's true. You don't want, you don't arrive. And I give this example when I, when I think about that, because I think it's that same concept of, of possessing love. And like, if you try to have love, you try to possess it, try to have it trying to own it then that means that like you try to have it as it is in that moment right like this is how i'm experiencing it and i want to have this Mm -hmm. and then as soon as it changes form you perceive yourself as not having it anymore and that's why you can't try to have it because it's love is always going to change form it's going to always show up in abundance of different ways and if you're not open to that and you're always trying to capture or have whichever way it's manifesting in that moment as soon as it changes form it's going to feel like it disappeared out of your hand and then you're going to miss the opportunity to experience it in a brand new way because you kept expecting it to show up as this old way that you loved and experienced as so amazing once upon a time i always think of this concept of like arriving right so whatever we think is our goal of arriving at a place of love or success or whatever we're defining, happiness, whatever we define as those things that are very, very um, seemingly elusive, mostly because they're not one dimensional. They cannot be defined in any one uncertain set of terms that says, yes, you have arrived. Because then that would mean for all the people who are rich and famous, yes, they have arrived, but then why are they killing themselves? Mm, Something's not right. So there's like this incongruency between what we define as having arrived at whatever we define as success or happier love or whatever. And there's still something that's manifesting in their lives or their expressions that is like, mm, but you're not consistent. The way you're showing up is not consistent with what I perceive to be you having arrived at this place of love. Like, oh no, Jay-Z and Beyonce were like relationship goals and then lemonade. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> right? And so it's like this that thing part. of like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. You disrupted my idea of what I thought. And now I have to start from scratch. And that's why it feels elusive. So this thing of arriving, right? I always think of it like road trip. So if I'm on a road trip, I have an intended destination. Perhaps I'm going to drive across country and I'm going to end up in New York. Wonderful. Here's the thing. I do arrive in New York, got that. But when I get there, I didn't just get there for the sake of saying I got there. 
Like maybe I'm moving to New York. Maybe I got a new job. Maybe I'm going to visit someone. Maybe I just want to go see the Statue of Liberty. Whatever my intention was once I arrived, once I get there, I'm not there just for the sake of being there. I still have to do whatever it was I intended to do when I got there. And also, because I drove across country and I drove whatever route I took, maybe through Texas or maybe I went north, I don't know. But the point is, I've collected new experiences. I understand new things about terrain and weather and seasons and whatever happened along that journey that when I arrive in New York, even when I arrive with whatever intention, I'm a whole new person. Yes. I have a whole new set of experiences. Hopefully they've shaped me in a brand new way. I have a new perspective. So even when I do arrive at the place that I intended to go to, I'm not just there. Mm -hmm. So now I'm here and now I got to adjust to whatever New York means. Mm -hmm. Whatever the season of the year is. Maybe I've never been here. Maybe I've never taken public transportation. I don't know. All of the things that it means to be in New York as compared to, at relative to, wherever I came from. So this is the difference between relativity and ownership. Mm -hmm. So if I can think of my love journey and arriving, quote unquote, at this place that we, I ever, whatever, whether that's marriage or whether I have my children or whether it's whatever you define as your relationship type of love with another person. When I arrive there, if I don't place this expectation of that being the end, because my intention was to get married and now I'm married. So the end. Mm -hmm. <laughs> No, you just getting started. Yes. I had the baby. The end. Mm -mm. You show just getting started. Because pushing it out was the easy part. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's like, it's, it's kind of changing your perspective about what it means to experience it and knowing that you really, particularly in love, you don't ever arrive. You don't ever quite get there. Because even when you thought you did, you're going to wake up and that person going to have a brand new attitude. And you're going to be like, Negro, I thought, <laughs> I thought I had you figured out. You done switched up the game. Shift happens. Um, shift, shift happens. happens. When shift hits the fan, <laughs> it just goes everywhere. Because what? <laughs> I had it figured out. I don't understand. <laughs> I started my calculations last week, and according to that, this is what it was going to require. And now you're coming home, and there's a whole new thing. And that's not okay. That's not okay. I think that's... Because my box, I needed you to fit in. Right now. Today. Science I bought says. a bow and everything for you to <laughs> get in this box and tie yeah. you up and just <laughs> look at you perfect is the way that I bought you. <laughs> I, uh, I coach currently now, um, in addition to like all 30,000 jobs. Okay, because welcome to 2016. I'm about to say, uh, you know. <laughs> Jeez. But one of the things I, I um, always uh, speak about with my uh, women um, is don't get caught up in thinking that because you practice every day that you're going to be perfect. <laughs> Just because you practice make shoot that same shot and do the same thing every day that one day is going to turn on. Mm -hmm. I used to talk about it's important that we practice perfection mm -hmm. because kind of like love, it lose you. Perfection is elusive. Mm -hmm. There's, mm -hmm. it changes. Too many different scenarios. Too it many changes. different other variables. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. but that 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 goal, that New York. Mm -hmm. How can we arrive at that place? Mm -hmm. 
every day I'm power of choice mm -hmm. to be the best version of myself mm -hmm. and whatever that may mean mm -hmm. that day. Today. Today. Okay, that day's over. Get back up, do mm -hmm. it again. We talked about, ooh, I'm tired of being kind of an adult. Yeah. I don't For those who are now, I call awake, awake on the path, now mm -hmm. open to, okay. Mm -hmm. That's why most of us run because mm. that shit is extremely difficult. Let me tell you something. <laughs> if y'all listen to this podcast regularly, I know you are sick to death of hearing this conversation. But also, if you listen regularly or you've heard a couple of episodes, then you ha you're just going to have to accept that there you cannot get through this life successfully. Whatever success looks like for you, however you define it, you cannot arrive at that place and you cannot experience everything that it means along the way if you don't do your work. Wow. Period, point blank. <laughs> I don't care if you're talking about money. I don't yes. care if you're talking about a relationship. I don't care if you're talking about a particular set of experiences, traveling the world. I don't care what success looks like, however you define it, what it smells like, tastes like. I don't care. You, you're not going to experience it if you don't do your work. Point blank, period. If you don't hear nothing else that I say today or ever, hear that. You're going to have to do it. You're going to have, you cannot run from yourself. Never. Because when you stop running, guess who's going to be right there? You are. Mm -hmm. So you can't. You cannot run from yourself. <laughs> you, you, just, you just have to do it. Mm -hmm. You have to do it. And you have to do it, meaning your work. You have to do it with the understanding that you won't ever be done doing it. There's the other part. I think we dive into this stuff for the people who have at least attempted to put the big toe in and say, let me try this work. Um, we first of all realize, oh, I think it's a lot more than I thought it was. Yes. And then we get in there and we like, oh, okay, well, let me just wait in here a little bit. And like, maybe I'll get a warm up or I don't know. Mm -hmm. No, it won't. <laughs> I'm here to tell you, and I'm only a couple. I'm only a couple years in. I'm still a babe. I'm only about five years in. But like, yeah. And when I say five years in, I mean I'm consciously making a decision to say, "Hey, Joy, why do you think that? Why do you feel that? Why are you doing that? Why are you choosing that?" Like that's what I'm. When I say I've been five years in, I mean I mean I'm five years into like. Asking myself those questions consistently. And that's why I'm saying it never really gets comfortable because you always going to be choosing something that's going to be like, mm, you tripping. You tripping. <laughs> and that's when you know you're reacting and not responding. It gets, it gets um, easier in that you can more quickly identify those moments, but it never goes away. You still, you still be tripping. Even when you know better, you be tripping. Most times. Especially when you know better, you be tripping. Especially when you know, you experience it. Because, like, when you don't know better, you don't know you tripping. But when you know better, you be tripping and you know you tripping. So it feels like, you, you why are you tripping? Like, you tripping. But, ooh, let me tell you. But it, it just, man, it is the hardest, most gratifying thing you will ever do. Yes. Is examine your stuff. Dig it up. I said something the other day and I was thinking about it. I said, you know... 
when we're talking about love encompassing the good and the bad. I said, even the thing about it is, even when you're in your darkest places, what happens when you're in a dark room is you have to feel around in order to know which way to go, where you are, what's happening. You have to feel, you can't see, you have to feel around. And it is in those times when you have to feel around that you discover the things that you would not have dealt with in the light. So we like to be in the light, we like to be in the good times and you know, and everything is grand. And we tend to run from darkness, which is why we don't do that work because it's typically very dark. Yes. Um, but it is in the darkness that you discover things you have to feel around that you would not have discovered in the light. Because in the light, you see that obstacle, you step over it, and you don't have to deal with it. Mm -hmm. But in the dark, you don't see it, you step on it, and rather than keep stepping on it, you deal with it. Mm -hmm. You move it, mm -hmm. you do what you got to do. Yes. And you deal with that thing that in the light, you can step over and ignore because everything is all good. I don't need to deal with that. I ain't tripping. I don't need to deal with my spending habits because I got money. Now I need to deal with my spending habits because I don't have none. Yes. That's the dark place. Now I gotta. Now I gotta. Now I gotta check this account. Before I was just swiping the card and spending and whatever. Yes. Now I gotta check this account. So that thing that I was stepping over before, now I didn't step on it. I gotta deal with it. So we get to appreciate and see the love even in the darkness in that that's an opportunity for us to check ourselves so that when the light comes on, guess what? If I keep stepping on stuff in dark rooms and I keep picking it up and dealing with it, by the time the light comes on, now I'm in a clean, clear space and I have room to do what I need to do as opposed to a cluttered space where I'm just stepping over stuff that I'm choosing to ignore and not deal with. But because the light is on and I can see it, I can move around it. You've created that path. Instead of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And that's what we get to do in the dark spaces. And that's why there's love there too. Mm -hmm. That's how we get to experience love in those dark places. And, 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 and recognizes those opportunities to deal with the stuff that we stepped on that we would have otherwise stepped over. Mm -hmm. And left it right there. And never look back. Steady stepping on it, but never look back to see about, what we stepping on. You just that's step what on I'm it and saying. Say, like just you out. gotta <laughs> keep like so we get we get to we get to feel around in the dark and we get to acknowledge those things which are on our path that would cause us to stumble. That instead of continually stepping over them and not dealing with them, ignoring them and leaving them behind, we get to um, dive in and say, "Ooh, that hurt. I don't." I don't want to keep stepping on it for so long as the light is off. I don't want to keep stepping on it. So let me deal with it. Mm -hmm. Let me move it off my path. Let me address it. So that's... There's that. <laughs> <laughs> there's that. Because it's hard for me not to... It's hard for me to say that and not think about all the dark rooms that I've been in in my life and stepped on, all of the things that I've stepped on. But thankfully that I have cleared off my path and no longer have to stub my toe on because we don't like the stub toe. No, we don't like the stub toe. I don't like it. I think for all of you who are uh, listening and all of you who are paying attention, mm -hmm. I, I think it's this question, what is love? This is the excitement part about the conversation. Mm -hmm. Everything that we have went over, we've discussed, that has come up for us, that has resonated with us, mm -hmm. All of that is love. Yeah. I think, I think for someone who was saying, but where do I start? I, in work that Joy and I do both, I think I, I like to say, 
she's more than just a trainer. I, I like to refer to her as a wellness practitioner, mm -hmm. uh, which I like to refer to myself. Mm -hmm. There are good starting points. Um, I like to leave you with eight to start with, and whatever that may mean for you, just start. Mm -hmm. And that means falling down, starting again. Falling down and starting again. I think one is your spiritual work, that, that divine love, that inner place. Um, some refer to it in, for so many things. I like to refer to it as God, the universe. I think when we can start there, that's the center. And the center is always everywhere, meaning wherever we go. As she said, there we are. We can never run from ourselves. Mm -hmm. Two is ego. You know, check in that ego, that self-worth, the self-love, this perspective of self. What does that mean for you? Uh, your livelihood, the three. Mm. What's around you? Um, just not thinking just you're a person, but what is beyond you? What, what, what brings your life to life? Mm. Four is relationships. A very essential part to our life structure. Um, we all know that can go on for years. <laughs> your body temple, your financial state. If we can get stable in our financial structure, we are able to give our gifts comfortably without feeling like we have to just take whatever we need. Um, and seven is your beliefs. <laughs> what is your belief system? What do you believe about this money? What do you believe about your success? What do you believe about you? And last but definitely not least is your community. It's so important to surround yourself with like-minded individuals because not necessarily you're trying to be like them, but to be inspired is to be in spirit, to be in tune with yourself and let what this person is saying and doing their light kind of become beautiful, radiant, shine off you just as well as them, that both of you are kind of giving this love and this light. Hmm. Well, all right. I don't even. I mean, I feel like you know. I'm just. I'm. I'm kind of. I'm hearing you. I'm listening to you. And as you're giving off these eight very essential, I think, areas of life that we should be examining constantly, and not like in a um, kind of burdensome kind of way, but just in a way that is like, let me check in. Where am I? How do I feel about where I am? And what can I do to move towards aligning myself with what I, with my vision? As I'm hearing you give off these eight areas and I'm thinking of my own life and my, my God and my spirituality and my physical health and my relationships and my community and my relationship with money, particularly that's something I'm working on personally right now. And there's, there's a lot that goes into that. There's so much that goes into that that I think I used to think like they should teach economics and they should teach us about checking balance in your checkbook and credit cards and da, 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 da. and I think that there's certainly a place for that. I definitely think there's 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 room for that in our in our just general curriculum starting very young, elementary, junior high, high school, especially high school. But that's when they get you that freshman year of college. They like get this credit card and you popping. I'm 18. I'm grown. About to make this decision and you're moated. So, anyway, but beyond that, culture, gender, um, family history, all of that impacts how you see money, how you use money. 
huge, which will be another episode. All of that, all of that, as we talked earlier in the conversation where you said love is the foundation, all of that, if you really take a moment to kind of classify or qualify whatever you experience as love and then aim to make that experience the foundation of all of those eight areas, your life doesn't have a choice but to be exactly what you wanted it to be. More importantly, um, something that is so much greater than you that beyond your existence here, your time here, your life that you live will be a legacy beyond your time here. If you really choose to experience love at the foundation of every single one of those areas in your life. And that just really starts with um, identifying what that means to you. And not trying to make it fit into anything that anyone else may have told you about what it's supposed to be. But how do you experience love? And get in touch with that. Be okay with that. Um, seek all the different ways you can share that. And then continue to expand on that. Like knowing that maybe you experience it this way right now. But be open to like experiencing it another kind of way later today or tomorrow, next week, next year, in your 70s or however old you are. I don't know. So, you know what I mean? Like, whatever, whatever, that, whatever that means. Um, and I think whenever we see people and we perceive them to be happy or love or whatever, it's because they have done that. It's because they have defined for themselves what that means, how they choose to experience it, and then they every day make conscious decisions to live in that space and then we see it as love so on that note thank you all for tuning in thank you so so much for even like trusting us i think this is this is a big one i don't know am i being dramatic <laughs> I think love is dramatic. It, Gosh, it, it, it just it feels opens us up. Maybe I just had so many. I had so many like revelations, personal during this conversation that maybe I feel like I feel like y'all are at home like having deep moments. Like I don't know, I don't know. Whatever. I'm gonna go journal. That's how I feel. Um. So yes, thank you for listening. And and if you feel like you had a life. Revelation, then thank you for trusting me to journey alongside you with that. If you feel like they crazy, I don't know what they're talking about. I'm in love, bump them. That's cool too. <laughs> That's all cool. But I do I do encourage you to, to just take a take a moment to breathe it in and, and kind of examine, ask yourself what love means to you and um how you can choose it every single day, multiple times a day. And I would like you to just give your social media information. Uh, you can so that they can follow uh, you. find me balance with love Instagram um, that's pretty much my only social media I work with yeah I was trying to manage Facebook and others and I found Instagram to be something that resonates with yeah me. I can do this yeah yes so I hear you so sister because <laughs> I got a thousand Instagrams and I just be like over it some of them just be sitting there for weeks I ain't posting I'm sorry y'all but you can follow me. I do try to post at least three or four times a week. 
at Joy Hearts, J-O-I-H-E-A-R-T-S. And that is everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Periscope, Tumblr, all of those places. Thank you guys for listening to Real Matters of the Heart, where we say life is about chances and you can determine how many you take, but not how many you get. Until next time.